Hey folks, welcome to the podcast. This is Dalton. This is Matt. Matt, have you ever had anybody complain about you? <laughs> that was a knowing sigh. I don't want to answer that question. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say today, right? Yeah. Uh, why do you ask? Well, we're talking about the clergy complaint process in the United Methodist Church uh, because it is a very particular one. Uh, as you might imagine, there are lots of people who have complaints about clergy. And uh, fortunately, just because somebody complains doesn't mean they get their way or even that they're necessarily right. So there's a, a bunch of hoops, and we thought we'd talk through it, not to make this process easier for you to understand so that you can complain about us, but because I think it's an interesting window into the way the church works. And because it's been in the news, too. Sure. I mean, we'll talk a little bit about the recent ruling with... Was it South Central Jurisdiction? The Western. Well, the South Central Jurisdiction. Following a complaint against the Western? That's right. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about this. Uh, By the way, I think we need to plug uh, NBC's new show, which is Law & Order UMC. Uh, Starring uh, Richard Belsner. Isn't he the uh, guy who always wears sunglasses? I think it's Belcher. Richard Belcher. Is it? It's Bob Belcher. I thought it was Belsner. It could be. Okay. This is a really titillating discussion. Yeah, don't email in. Yeah. Uh, but by the way, we asked if anybody listened to this, and we got a flood of... E- oh, no, we didn't. <laughs> we got a, like 10 people saying that they listened to this, so we yeah. decided at least do another episode. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so let's just say that... So I'm trying to think of a silly chargeable offense. What would one be? Um, like legitimate? Uh, let's say you rebaptize somebody. Okay. Fair enough. Which we don't do. Right. But I mean, you could, you could be charged for that, right? Oh, yeah. If you do it, it is a chargeable offense. Okay. So let's say I am an ex, you know, Smithtown local church of the population of you know, a congregation of 30, and I baptize Aunt Elna again because she's about to kick the bucket and she wants to. Okay. So Dalton's sitting there in the pew for God knows why. Why did you come to this small church, Dalton? Um, you knew I, Aunt Elna. Okay, so anyway, I rebaptize Aunt Elna. This is a real specific story. Yeah, it's, it's, well, it happened two Sundays ago. But <laughs> So Dalton sees this. And he files a complaint to the bishop and the Board of Ordained Ministry. Dalton will then get a letter saying, we have received your complaint and have alerted Matt of the complaint received against him. So, okay, everybody on the same page now? So far. Okay. So now, Dalton, myself, and the administration, the people who received the complaint— We'll all come together. I'm not clear if actually you sit down at a table. Like, it has to be a face-to-face meeting. My, I I think it does. Like, we have to sit in the same room with the three parties. Like, the accusee, the accuser, and the administration. So, we sit around on the table, and we try to come up with a just resolution, which I'm sure most of us clergy, at least, have heard that. Sure. That language before. Now, it is important to note 
that a just resolution does not mean that all parties have to agree That's right. on the resolution. Right. So it can mean that uh, I say I will never do this again. Dalton says um, he needs to be fired immediately. And the bishop says, I believe Matt when I says he's never going to do this again. And if he does it again, we'll fire him. But that's... That's, that's what it's going to be. And so if we all agree to that, then we've reached a just resolution. So let's say I talked about baptizing Aunt Elna. I really hope we don't have a listener to this Aunt, Aunt Elna. I doubt it. Aunt Elna, I'm sorry. Is Elna <laughs> even a real name? Uh, I, Just I, made it up. I, I think it's one of the Scientology names, actually. Okay. Dalton makes a complaint, says, I heard he... Rebaptized her. The bishop says, no, in fact, he did not. We're dismissing this complaint. Now, after there has reached a just, re- a just resolution has been reached, all the parties will then follow up together and check in and see how things were going. Now, of course, we all know that complaints can be elevated to the next level. So you have the annual conference level, with bishops, it can be uh, into the uh, jurisdictional level. Right. And then on a, uh, a general conference level, particularly if it is a uh, issue of polity or church law, mm-hmm. then it can go as high as the judicial council. Yeah. Right? I mean, I feel like the judicial council needs its own theme song. Like, I'm trying to think of what that would be, and I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. But maybe you could edit something in. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. So the judicial council. <laughs> do you remember the old um, Dana Carvey bit where he said it's impossible to say judicial system without sounding drunk? And I feel like that about the ju- judicial council. Um, I don't remember that bit. Yeah, he's just you, you can't say judicial system without sounding drunk. It's just not possible. Um, so I will try to enunciate as I am not under the influence. He was um, Canadian anyway. Wasn't that's he? a good point. Um, judicial judicial council. The judicial council is the denomination's supreme court. The United Methodist Church really is built um, analogously to the American system of government, um, with the exception of the way the executive branch works. That's sort of the way the Council of Bishops functions, but not quite. Um, really, the general conference does whatever it wants. Um, within the bounds of constitutionality, um, and there are thresholds for how you change that and that sort of thing. Um, but the Judicial Council will jump in whenever there are uh, questions of church law um, or if there's something that sort of affects the entire denomination. And we'll talk a little bit in just a minute about the outstanding complaint um, uh, when I say outstanding complaint, the complaint that is yet standing um, against Bishop Olivito, who was elected in the Western jurisdiction. Um, but just before that, like, just so you know, Judicial Council has nine members, um, five are clergy uh, and four are laity or vice versa. I think it depends on... It alternates. Yeah. Um, and uh, they are elected uh, for... Um, Terms every uh, every quadrennium, and um, a judicial council is elected for eight 
uh, years, and they can serve two um, consecutive terms before they have to take a quadrennium off. Um, interestingly, for the first time, um, I, I think for the first time, a majority of the Judicial Council of the United Methodist Church comes from outside the United States. In fact, if I remember correctly, only two of the current members of the Judicial Council were born in the United States, though more of them um, live here. Now, it's not necessarily full of people who have legal backgrounds, but it mostly is. Like, for instance, um, uh, the there is on the Judicial Council a member of the Supreme Court of the Philippines, actually. Um, that also the dean of Pepperdine Law School um, is a member of the Judicial Council. So it tends to be that they have some level of legal mind, which is helpful because I don't know if you've ever read, Matt, uh, one of the uh, the decisions of the Judicial Council, but it is not what I would describe as um, beach reading. No, I'm looking at one right now, actually. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it, it reads, I, I, I think it reads a, a little easier than, uh, a, a legal decision I agree. through the government. I, I agree. mean, there's, there's a nice little summary of the facts and, um, but yeah, it's not something you want to, uh, uh, read just to have a read, um. But the uh, the members of the Judicial Council are elected. They're not appointed, right? That's right. They're elected by the General Conference. So um, they campaign? Um, no, but there are lists that the various caucus groups um, distribute. Uh, and so um, one of the reasons the um, this stuff has been on people's minds lately is that the more conservative caucus groups... Um, got almost all their people elected to the Judicial Council in 2016, which is part of the reason that um, I suspect that the decision about Bishop Olavito came, came down the way that it, uh, that it did. So th- they are very, they have been, I should say, very careful about making sure not to create church law, but to interpret church law. Although, um, depending on who you talk to, um, that has just changed in this decision about um, Bishop Olavito. So, Matt, you ready to talk about that decision, or you have any other comments about the Judicial Council? Well, it's, I mean, you were at general conferences last time. Like, how, I, I'm curious how that played out with the—so, caucuses will— so explain a little more about that, about how they're elected. So the nominees all, I mean, they, they, you, there are nominees printed in the Daily Christian, the Advanced Daily Christian Advocate, which is the little newsletter newspaper that all the delegates get every day. Um, and uh, you can nominate from the floor. You have to do it within a certain number of days before the election happens. And then um, each candidate is given a number and you vote. And I'm trying to remember, I'd have to look at the discipline as to the threshold, if it's like you have to have 50% plus one, um, or if it's just the the top vote getters, but I'm pretty sure it's 50% plus one. Um, And until, and once the judicial council is filled, then um, you start to work on alternates. So do they campaign through the caucuses or do they like 
walk around kissing babies like at general like it, no does, it's it's a lot more underhanded than that like it's not kosher to campaign but there's all these sort of under the table discussions and um, often text message groups that go out and say vote for this person don't vote for this person that sort of thing um, so it's all it's all a little skeezy to be honest why why would that I, I, I for some reason, the the way we tend to elect uh, delegates to general conference or jurisdictional, at least in my conference, it is a little bit like there seems to be some sort of unsaid etiquette to it. Right. Like maybe you'll you won't like campaign aggressively, but maybe you send out a letter and then you just kind of keep quiet, and then behind the scenes, people are kind of instructing people to vote for this, don't vote for that, and sure. and see if they can kind of uh, uh, inform the makeup of, of the delegates. Is right. that yeah. is that a fair? Yeah, okay. that's, I mean, that's how it works in North Georgia as well, and the Judicial Council is the same way. I mean, you know, there's this, like, there's sort of this ridiculous vibe of, oh, little old me, I had no idea. But, I mean, <laughs> um, at least at, ge- at the general church level with Judicial Council nominees, there, there is, like, a small bio, like a paragraph or so yeah. in the Daily Christian Advocate, the Advanced Daily Christian Advocate. So um, people, like, admit they're running. Um, but the work to get votes is really done not necessarily by the people who are running so much as those caucus groups. I'm going to open a shadow pack for okay. – uh, Let's just say I'll run next time and just smear everybody else. Just make up fake news stories and uh, fake hashtag fake news, fake fake news, and uh, create dark money groups and websites. I got bad news for you, buddy. You are way behind the curve on that one, even in church politics. Really? Oh yeah, this stuff is this stuff is out there. No, yeah, it gets ugly. Really? Oh, yeah. General Conference was probably the spiritual nadir of my entire life. What happened that was so shocking? I mean, it was just, like, broken. The process was broken. But, I mean, so much politicking and so much underhandedness. And um, it just it's, it gets real ugly. It's not all like that, Jurisdictional Conference. Um, I was deeply moved by. I mean, it, for as bad as General Conference was, Jurisdictional was, was the opposite. But... Um, there's, there, there is a group, um, that is funded by the Koch brothers. Do you not know about this? Maybe. Like there is a group that, that is very involved in denominational politics that I don't want to name because I don't want to have to deal with this right now. Um, that is funded from outside the denomination and they get a significant... What do you mean you don't want to deal with this? Because I don't want to have to get all the emails and, and I, I I would if we talked about it by name. Dalton, there are 10 people listening to this. They're not going to come after us. I'm, I, you don't know how this stuff works, man. Right. I'm serious. Go ahead. Because I've gotten nailed before. Um, right. But they're funded by, but by outside the denomination and much of their money comes from the Koch brothers. Hmm. I mean, this is... that mirrors American politics. Wait, so what do they, I mean, I can take a guess to what they, what their interests are. I mean, sure. it's, I, I would assume the same as the Koch brothers and national yeah. politics. Oh, yeah. Extraordinary, extremely f- fundamentalist in many ways. Hmm. Yeah. So um, that's how the, the elections work. Um, 
and and what I want I don't want to go into great detail about the the decision about Bishop Olavito because you 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 can read about that and I actually think that with the exception of some of the headlines the um, the non religious news has done a decent job of talking about the decision um, I mean just as far as that goes like the the headline is often like the the Bishop Olavito's declared her elections declared unlawful. Which is technically, mm. actually, her election wasn't declared unlawful. Her consecration was kind of, but then they also acknowledged the bishops in the Western jurisdiction didn't have a choice but to consecrate her, and she remains a bishop. So, yeah. um, the, the, I have yet to hear from someone who has said this is a clear decision. I mean, I have clergy colleagues who are who have been attorneys who read this stuff and say it doesn't make any sense. Um, which makes me think they're just trying to kind of split the baby until the called general conference in 2019. Um, so, I mean, just just as a recap, and I'm sure, I mean, again, I don't only nerds listen to this podcast, but so uh, Bishop Oliveto says she was elected by the Western jurisdiction as a bishop. That's right. The South Central jurisdiction said immediately he, upon her election said said you can't do that because she is um a practicing homosexual in a right. same-sex relationship right um same-sex marriage not even a same-sex that's relationship right. that's right with documentation and a marriage license right and so they they the 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 complaint actually didn't mention her by name nor did this did the decision mention her by name i don't think um and 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 so um the the decision was mostly like this can't be according to church. I mean, the, the, the complaint was this can't be according to church law. Judicial council will get us out of this. Um, you know, she was a clergy person in good standing, so she had to uh, run. I mean, she could run. She was elected by a majority um, uh, and assigned in her jurisdiction because bishops are not elected by the whole church. They're only elected in specific jurisdictions. None of that was improper according to our polity. What they said was, and this is what I would deem to be ridiculous, but I'm not on the Judicial Council, and now that I've said that, never will be. Um, the, the idea that um, it was her consecration that was unlawful because consecration, though it happens in a jurisdiction, is an action of the entire church, because no matter where you're elected, you are a bishop of the whole church. Um, so that was that was the, the the like fine point that they that they uh, on which they landed. They also did something that um, I, I I would describe as completely inappropriate, um, which is they made church law. They're not authorized to make church law, but they made church law, and the way they did that is we have. Um, a longstanding provision in the discipline that says that homosexuality is incompatible with Christian teaching and that any uh, self-avowed practicing homosexual is barred from the clergy. And what the Judicial Council said is that a same-sex marriage license is equivalent to self-avowal. And that has never been voted upon by the General Conference. And I'm not sure, based on the constitution of the church, how the judicial council has the authority 
to say that, my argument and the argument of many with whom I've spoken is that they simply don't have that authority. And so we have a little bit of a constitutional issue. Um, I, I wouldn't use the, the phrase crisis quite yet, but a real constitutional issue because I, I don't know under what authority they can make church law. Surely that, um, surely that's come up before. I mean, not with the bishop, but with no, clergy. Because, or... because the, I mean, it, it's come up in individual annual conferences and maybe jurisdictions. It's never come up at the general church level because uh, the Obergefell decision is only uh, two they, or three yeah. years old. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I guess I see what you're saying, but I mean the. I mean, essentially, th- they would. Well, how would you? I guess how would you define self-avowal? And well, what? I mean, the real question is how do you define practicing? And I'd rather not define practicing, to be honest, because this is like a family podcast or whatever. So there is an assumption baked into this judicial council ruling that um, someone who is married to someone on paper has a civil marriage is, uh, in fact, has sex with them, which, mm-hmm. I mean, the, h- how do you know? Yeah, that is a good point. How do you know? Is there something inherently sinful about having a civil marriage with someone of the same gender and not having sex? Because I don't read anything in Scripture about that. So so there is no... The, 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 the decision does not make sense. It does not make sense. And so we're going to have to figure out as a denomination what that means and how to deal with it. You think this is the beginning for a, a split in the I, church? I do, yeah. So I you do. think Western jurisdiction uh, maybe pull out and be their own body? Well, I, I guess ho- you could I just have not. a stalemate. I mean, right, you, you, could, you could have two de facto denominations. You have with, a, like a pope and an anti-pope. Well, yeah, I mean, like the Western jurisdiction could, in essence, become a de facto denomination, but still remain on paper as a member of the United Methodist Church. Right. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I think this is probably a conversation for another day because the 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 possibilities are really um, convoluted, and there are a large number of possibilities for how this eventually plays out. Has anyone ever issued a complaint against you or threatened to? <laughs> this was the, this person was joking, I think, but um, she threatened to issue a complaint against me two weeks ago because I showed a Heineken commercial in church, and then I found out that the person to whom she was planning to send the complaint, my bishop, showed the same commercial in her sermon to the Council of Bishops the preceding week. Which Heineken commercial was it? Have you not seen this great Heineken commercial where they like put people together um, like who otherwise wouldn't talk, and they sit down and they encourage them to have conversation like a climate change denier and a, like a climate justice guy and a misogynist guy and a feminist woman and um, a trans woman and a guy who just doesn't get that and encourage them to like have conversation, get to know each other, and then sit down and have a beer. I haven't seen that. It's beautiful. I mean, it is deeply beautiful. And I've seen some criticism of it, but um, like this is, it's church. And it's kind of sad to me that a beer company does it better than we do, but it's church. Huh. I'll have yeah, to go, go look watch for that. It. We'll put it in the show notes. 
Uh, Heineken, if you're listening, by the way, I'm a big fan. And we of, could use uh, some sponsorship. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've been threatened with, but I've never, I mean, at least not that I know of, nothing played sure. out. Unless the bishop just ignored it. So Possible. Yeah, possible. Anyway, all right. Uh, have we beat this into the ground, you think? I, uh, I think so. I think so. If you got questions about how the Judicial Council works, let me encourage you to direct them to the Judicial Council. But if you have questions or comments for us, you can email us. Uh, my email address is dalton at ndumc.org. Mine is, well, crap. <laughs> because my email just... Uh, email me at... Uh, I'll just give my personal. Matthew.lacy at gmail.com. I'm in between appointments right now, so I don't yeah. have a static email address. Yeah, I guess I am too, one. but I may be able to hold them off to my old one too since I'm now sort of pastoring a two-point charge. Maybe we should just get our own domain and create our own email addresses. Yeah, like on church, sponsored by Heineken.com. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. 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 Okay, so yeah, you can email us or... Twitter or Snap, whatever all those things are, and <laughs> do we we don't we have no idea what we're going to talk about next time. You got any ideas? Um, you were talking about um, like the election process. Is that interesting to you about how clergy end up on these things? What do you mean? Like how clergy get? Well, we kind of talked about that. How clergy get elected at general conference? Oh yeah, like the process of yeah, selecting delegates and stuff. Yeah, that's boring. Yeah, Just cut yeah. that. Um, yeah. yeah, no, we don't know what we're talking about. I'm sure it'll be fascinating. If you got any ideas, let us know. Please. Did we? There was one on our list. Uh, I can't remember what it was now. I'll think of it in a minute. Oh, it was something like what they didn't teach you in seminary. Oh. Something like that. Yeah, that's good. Let's do that one. That that had been on my list for a while. Yeah, let's do that one. Like, come up with a list of things, and then we can talk about it. Maybe it would require us to do two or three minutes of prep work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that won't require much work. And then we said we would do one on uh, uh, women and ministry, but turn the mics over to somebody else for that. Yeah, I'm a little afraid of um, what would happen if and when we give the microphones to our spouses. Well, I mean, we wouldn't have to do any work. Well, yeah, but I'm not really sure. I'm looking forward to hearing what they have to say about us. Oh, okay. Uh, Okay, well, thanks for listening. We'll talk about uh, stuff you didn't learn in seminary or whatever we want to call it. We'll come up with a sexier title in the meantime. Thanks, folks. All right, thanks. Bye.